Um, I'm a um, 501. People want to know all about me, how I come home. I'm a 501. Got deported from Australia. Um, I'm an ex uh, bikey. Changed my life as um, left the club about two and a half years ago. And um, yeah, it's a little bit about myself and, and that. Dear Heavenly Father, please watch over me and the brother here and uh, everyone watching in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, my brother. So what's your name and where are you from, my bro? Oh, uh, my name's uh, Lee Tapuya. I'm from uh, from the South Island, Blenheim. Uh, yeah. Um, how's your day going, brother? Welcome to the Fallen Show. Yeah, nah, it's good, bro. Just busy, mahi today. Um, just things are pretty hectic at the moment. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, busy with uh, my own work and stuff I've got going on with other stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. How's the weather treating you down there, man? It's cold down there in Blenheim? Yeah, no, it's cold down here, my man. It's, um, yeah, it's cold, but um, well, I can handle it on the top of the south there, my bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're keeping warm, man, before that mahi you're doing down there, my bro. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is the brother Lee here. So um, it's good to have the brother on here. Um, yeah, so the brother's he's, um, got his own couple lane business down there, man. He's doing well. He's also got his own gym down there called Box on Boxing Blenheim, um, you know, doing youth mentoring, um, you know, coaching adults, coach, uh, coaching children alike, um, you know, mental health type stuff. You know, unfortunately, there are a lot of um, suicides, you know, um, in the area and things like that isn't that isn't that right brother yeah it's uh especially the 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 rate down here in Blenheim, eh, bro it's um yeah it's pretty high eh? um yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's struggling in life and, and and it's it's all people from all walks of life you know that are going through through the struggle of life you know um so uh and um men are the men you know Young adult men are the, is quite high as well. Um, mm. So, uh, but like said, our youth is is just um, yeah, it's pretty high down, especially down these ways. Yeah. So um, yeah. Now that's definitely why your mahi is uh, much appreciated down there, bro. So again, this is Lee here. Um, so yeah, he does actually have a, an awesome story of redemption. Um, to get to where he is um, at this point. Um, he is a fellow 501 deportee like myself and a lot of other guests that have been on the show as well. Um, he was sent back um, from Australia. Um, no criminal convictions, though, you know, so he actually made headlines over there as well for being deported. Um, had no criminal convictions whatsoever. Hadn't been to prison at all prior to um, being put in detention where he was taken um, on his way to work. Um, chucked in Casarina prison there, maximum security, mate. It was uh, pretty full on. Um, the brother does have club affiliations or did have um, club affiliations. He was a patched member of the Rebels. But again, no criminal convictions, um, nothing like that, you know, working. And um, and they grabbed him on the way, brother. How was that, man, when they, um, when they grabbed you on the way to work, brother? Completely blindsided, John. Yeah, just, um, you know... We sort of knew what was going on over there, but uh, you know, it was just a just another day for me. Eh? Like going to work, at least thirty old cops, you know, swarmed us, and um, yeah, and just said to me, man, just uh, it was just a just a shock. Like, uh, yeah, um, your visa's been cancelled. Yeah, you know? far up. 
couldn't imagine for your family, man, and and that time, brother. And and we will expand on that, my bro, on on how that was and the whole um you know, being put in detention, being put in maximum security prison and all that. But I guess going back a little bit, brother, so, you know, you're obviously born here in New Zealand. So, I mean, what sort of led to the the move over to Australia? Oh, we just, you know, um, you know, um, moved to, we actually moved to Christchurch and I finished my flooring uh, apprenticeship down there. You know, I had to move away from Blenheim because it was just, you know, hard times and I just had to way and, and reset my mind and reset life, you know. So I went down there for three years, um, you know, on the doors, doing security, stuff like that. Worked clubs with a couple of boys down there, a couple of mates, was doing couple here as well, you know, and, and things back there were just tight, bro, you know. And we got an opportunity to go to Oz through um, my wife's cousin and um, we were going to go to Brizzy, but I said, oh, no, let's, let's go to Perth, you know, go over there and and um, we were going to go hit the mines, but um, I went over there and um, I just didn't like the effect of the way of moving away from family net when they come over. So I got into the carpet lane business, brother, and um, yeah, started from there. Oh, yeah. Okay. So so how, how was the move, man? And how did uh, things, you know, progress for you um, with that move to Australia? Better? Yeah, it was good. It was, yeah, it, it was better. You know, it was pretty good. I never had a good job, busy years with mahi and, and stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah, you know, we, we live pretty comfortably over there. Our two kids were brought up there. The twins were brought up there. And then um, and we had a, uh, a young girl over there. Our daughter, she was born over there. So um, she pretty much is Australian, you know, bro. So all my kids are. So, so how did things sort of progress from you um, from there, man? Oh, well, you know, do you mind touching on the club stuff and, you know, how that sort of um, happened for you? So, yeah, sort of, um, yeah, started having a couple of people, you know. My life was pretty colourful. When I was younger, we used to hang around, you know, come from the hood era, you know, used to hang around, you know, people around there. Um, like my dad, you know, he was in the bikey scene. Um, in New Zealand and, 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 and my brother, you know. So seeing from my, my dad and my brother and that the, the brotherhood come with it, you know. But I didn't go to Australia to, to do that sort of stuff. Went there for work and that, but I just um with a few uh, close mates over there and um just went from there sort of thing, you know. Yep, yep. So you ended up patching up and but working Patch- as well, obviously. As well, you know, doing doing what, you know, what dad should do, work and, and stuff like that, you know. Um, met some real good boys over there and, um, yeah, got patched up with reps, you know. Yeah, so obviously, you know, I do illustrate this quite a bit as well. You know, not everyone that's involved in the motorcycle club scene is involved in crime. Um, prior, uh, contrary to what most people believe, you know, even by myself, I do know that as a fact, you know, a lot of boys just... Um, jump on man just for the brotherhood side of things and and riding the bikes and and, and things like that was that what it was sort of like for you yeah no definitely bro you know it's um most of the most of the boys you know that that's your number one rule bro uh, you know is have a job yeah you know and, and most of the brothers that joined you know that um were over their own businesses and, and worked you know and yeah. and um and art as well and, and some worked in the mines you know wouldn't even hardly see some of the brothers around, but when you when you did see them, yeah, you yeah, know, it was a it was a good catch up, go for a ride, stuff like that, you know. Um honestly, 
the brothers that I knew over there were um were, were good boys, good solid boys. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, oh brother, because you actually do see a lot of boys that end up joining clubs, and um they end up cleaning up a lot. You know what I mean? Like some boys I know, they would have been a lot worse if they hadn't joined. You know what I mean? Which is which is crazy as well. I mean, did you see that much, bro? Like I mean, heaps of boys over there. You know. That actually the, the club sorted them out and, and cleaned them up and and, and good for them, you know, um, and showed them showed them a good path, you know. Um, end of the day, bro, like um, any any sort of thing like that, it could be you could be in a motorcycle club, you could be in the government, the police, or whatever, a teacher, or whatever. One person makes a mistake, it doesn't mean anyone else is doing it. You know, and people look at that, but when a club member or or bike or someone makes a mistake, you know, they um they pretty much think you know everyone's doing that sort of stuff, and it's not true, bro. But you know, so so moving forward from there, brother. So when um well when you did get grabbed, like was there any inkling at all, brother? Like did you know any other boys that were getting grabbed at all or things like no. that? When you, when you, well, a couple of boys were getting grabbed, you know, um, but they'd done their time, you know, um, getting punished again, you know, they'd done their time. And, um, yeah, um, I just can't understand just the way they got grabbed, you know, and the way they got treated. You know, certain people were going to jail, you know, back to jail again, why? You know? And then other people were going to detention centres. I just don't understand it, bro. And it's real, some of the boys that I, I knew that were coming out, of jail and then going to a detention or getting their visas cancelled, I mean, they didn't even have a bad record, man, you know? And But then the people that were in detention centres, uh, they're the ones that should have been staying in jail, you know? Mm. It, it works, brother. It's, it, it, you know, um, it was just hard to yeah, comprehend. And, and some of these boys that I knew been over there since they were six months old. You know, their life was Australia, you know? And, and some of them have been in the club for... You know, only a few years, but um, that's what they chose. But they still kept on the right path. Some of them, you know. Mm. Um, so I, I really uh, don't understand it, brother. You know. Sometimes. So what? What? What year did you get grabbed again, brother? Uh, November the second, two thousand and fifteen, brother. Never forget it. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Yeah, seven o'clock in the morning. On my way to work. Um, never forget that day, man. So the idea of what happened from there, brother. So you ended up seeing your family and see my family. Um, they said, "Oh, we're taking we're taking you straight to Casarina Prison." I'm like, "Hey, Casarina Prison? What for? I don't have a criminal record. I don't have any charge or anything." He goes, "Oh, we can't tell you why." And that's where we've been told to go. So end up going there, you know, and pick out traffic too, bro. You know, here I am sitting in a fucking cop car, and um. You know, hour and a half drive just to get there. You know, and, and no one explained why and 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 what for. And um, so yeah, it was a long trip trip there, bro. Mm-hmm. No visitors when you got there, or so how was it? So they just processed you in, just like a prisoner, huh? Like a prisoner, treat me like a prison prisoner. Um, went in there and um, yeah, done the whole check over. Um, had to make a phone call. You know, put you in this little cell. Can only just see at the window. Um, you know, it was actually a thing that there was a couple other boys that got grabbed and they'd been through the system and told them, hey, look, you know, we're not prisoners. We're, we're, um, detainees for visa cancellation. So we should be treated differently. But 
Liam Barry, we were just treated the same as prisoners, you know. Wow. Yeah. So how long yeah. did they keep you in there? So I went, the, I think it was for about three or four days. They kept me in the unit. You know, when you go outside for the, you know, for your smokos and that or break, whatever, you go in this little cage thing, you know, where you can only walk up and down, you know. It, it, it was hard to take, Burke, you know. I haven't walked that walked that life, you know, I hasn't been in prison before, you know. Um, and, um, yeah, so had to stay there for uh, um, a few days and then um, then they mainstreamed us into um, – into maximum prison with the with the other prisoners, so um, they all sort of kept us together. We're, we're all the other boys were in that, you know. So there was boys in there that sort of um, they choked away, you know. Uh, you know, the, you had to you had to be in that mainstream way, bro. So you had to learn the learn the trade. You know, I don't even have a criminal criminal record just because I'm affiliated. They put me on a high high risk um, uh, thing, you know. So. It was just trying to understand that. So yeah, yeah, that's crazy, man. Like yeah, no, I didn't. They didn't do that in Melbourne at all. You know what I mean? Like we would have all been tripping out if we were sitting in there, and then people were just getting grabbed for for visa cancellation and getting put in there with us. That was, like were the other people tripping out that they that you guys were getting put in there? Just everyone was asking why we're there and and stuff like that. It's you know. It was, I think it was about uh, six of us, I think it was. You know, six of us going through this visa thing, you know, where, and no one could understand it. Even the, even the guards and the pro, you know, it's like, um, what do we do with this? Wow. Why couldn't we put in detention center like everyone else did? No, I just can't understand it, you know. I spent, so that prison I was at, at, at Kaza, so that was three months, you know. I thought, oh, yep. And then, um, I think it was February the following year. Keep waking up six in the morning and guard, you know, come in. There's about twelve guards come in and said, "Oh, you're off to Albany Prison." I said, "Hey," because yeah, we're shifting you off to Albany Prison. Uh, Albany Prison is um is six hours away from Perth. Yeah, so um you know, and it was the day before my wife's um my wife's birthday as well. You know, so she was coming for a visit. You know, and then they pulled this puzzle on me and they said, "No, nah, we'll take you down to Albany." So I got shipped down there with one of the other boys. Um, unfortunately, it, it was it was his birthday, you know. So we sort of celebrated his birthday on the bus. That we'll never, never. Forget. We always always mention it, you know, that that day sort of thing. And um, another thing, bro, went down to um, went down to the prison, and um, I was there for I was there for three months, and then all of a sudden, bro, they come and woke me up again and said, "Oh, you're going to a detention centre now." And I'm like, hey. So I went to a detention centre and um, I spent 80 months in detention centre fighting my case. Wow. So before that, even you have been kept in prison for a couple of months then? Months, yeah, six months I was in prison for, maximum prison. Wow, yeah. that's no, no crime, nothing, huh? You know, just for association and then, um, you know, and this whole visa thing, man, it, it, it's... It's all up and down. Like some people get warnings, some people don't. You know, I, I know people that got thirty day, you know, thirty day warnings. You know, and they can fight it and get lawyers and, and get on top of it. But not not the boys that that I was around. It was straight to prison. You know, pretty much you don't get a choice. 
So how what how was it from there, man, going into detention and then your time um up till you know eventually going back to New Zealand? How how, how was that time and what sort of happened for you during that time with your whole court case and things? You know, yeah, court case just sort of dragged on because we had other boys going through the same thing, and you know, one of our other boys they won it, and then um, and then we thought, you know, oh, this is gonna be, you know, he's he's got it for us, and then next minute it's just got, you know, cancelled again, and so we back to step one again, and um, you had the, you know, you had the the refugees, the so-called bodies, you had pedophiles in there, just walking around freely, and and you know. Me being in there, I wasn't in there to, um, you know, I could have just gone in there and, and hammered these boys, you know, especially the pedophiles and that, but I couldn't because my reason was fighting it for, for myself and for the other brothers that were going for it, you know, so I couldn't yeah, do course. it. And that's why I'd done it for because, you know, I was 100% behind the club and um, it doesn't matter if we're in the club or not, you know, we should have rights as well, you know, and... and you know, that fellow there, Peter Dutton, took those rights away from us. And, um, yeah, so, and I was there just to fight it for us and, and for the club at that time, you know, um, to, to prove to people that, you know, just because people are in clubs and that should get a chance of of, um, of fighting fighting for their rights, you know. Mm-hmm. So how did things go at court? Oh, uh, no, nah, yeah, good. we good in court. Like, um, I sat there yeah, for 18 months, man, and... Um, and um, it was a, I think it was the 5th of September, 2015, uh, 2017. Um, got a phone call from the lawyer and he said, look, uh, you got your visa back. We won the court case, you know, and man, what a milestone for us, you know, in front of seven high court judges, bro, you know, won it, you know, excited. Um, and it was actually funny, bro, because that day um, when we won it, the, um, I think the government lost another court case, Manus Island. They just got a, they just won a court case, uh, 70 mil for wrongful detention, the way they've been treated in detention. So it was a good win for, for all people, you know, especially for us because high court judges and that. Uh, so I've seen how it works, Rory. You get your, get your visa back, you have your shower, you say thank you, talk to the boys, you know, yeah, later, good luck, da-da-da. Uh, not me, bro. I had the old, uh, went for a shower and then had to knock on the door and had the guards in there telling me, hey, bro, you got to get going. You know, you got your visa back. I was like, hey, what's the hurry? So I thought, oh, yeah. So I just grabbed all my stuff and I had to say, yeah, okay, you grab your stuff, see you later. But bro, just as I got out, went out, my wife picked me up, got out, and um, immigration came over to me and goes, uh, we need to have a chat to you inside. I said, what for? Oh, so we can't talk here. Today, and he goes, um, oh, can you come inside? I said, oh, nah. My lawyer said I got my visa back. He goes, you sure you don't want to come in? I said, nah. So I got in the car. Honestly, bro, with 45 minutes after I got my visa back, they cancelled my visa again. <laughs> yeah. What? It's all approached straight away, character grounds. You know, and um, oh, I just, yeah, I was already in the car, man. See you later. Just wanted to go see, you know, spend time with my family, see my kids. You know, and um, I thought I was going to be there telling the good news, you know. And, um, you know, kids come home and surprise them, bro. And I just, yeah, couldn't even celebrate it, eh? Went in hiding for the night and, and just tried to spend time with them and told them, look, my visa's been cancelled. Again, it just, just shattered them. I, I just, you know, I, I knew they were waiting for us. So I just 
said to him, man, come out of hiding and went to my house and just spent the night at home and then, you know, didn't get much sleep and then I knew something's going to happen in the morning and early in the morning, man, yeah, here they come. I've seen them coming around the corner and, yeah, probably about 15, 20 of them come through come through my house again. Oh, look, I actually waited at door because I knew they were coming and they just stole my house again, man, you know, threw me on the ground, threw me on the ground, you know, I had to, had the guns pointing at me and all this, and you scared all my kids and that, bro, you know, and I, I knew I knew what was happening. And immigration come in, done their, done their stuff, and said, oh, your visa's been cancelled. I just, you know, I just sort of turned on them, eh, and just told them, man, you know, look what you've done, man, you know. I knew you were coming, you know, the way you've come through my house again, you know. So, yeah, went back to detention, man, and, Another long drive back to detention, got back to detention, and it, it was different, you know. It wasn't the same when I first went there. There was 20 circo guards there um, asking questions, you know, what am I going to do this and that, and I just couldn't get my head around today. And I just said, man, I'm just going home, you know. Enough's enough, you know. For me, we, we, we got the win, and what's the point of going around and around in circles, you know. For for uh, a stupid act like they've got that uh, that five hundred one act, you know, on um, character grounds, that win, man, that that win was not just for me. It was for um, all the boys that had been going through with me as well, for them and their families, you know, to say we actually won it, you know. But because they brought this law in on this character grounds, they can just do what they want to do, you know. Um, where does it stop for character grounds? You know, they don't tell you. Because some of us were on a, a different uh, visa thing. We're all on, some of us were on secret information. And that's what we fought, fought for in the court. And we asked them where our secret information was and they wouldn't give it to us. So there's no secret information. How can you fight fight something when you don't uh, present it to us, you know, and tell us what the secret information is? Yeah, it took me a couple of days to think what I wanted to do, really. And in my mind, I knew straight away, look, I'm going back, you know, um, you know, detention centres, man, honestly, bro, um, uh, yeah, it's probably the way they treat uh, New Zealanders in there, it's not right, man. You know, the way we get treated in there and, um, yeah, and um, I've seen I've seen some real stuff in that I, I probably wouldn't want to, you probably wouldn't even see in jail, you know, because you mix up with all the refugees and stuff like that. They're trying to get out and, you know, um, they're trying to cause havoc with you to get their visas back, and uh, you know, and I, I've seen some people get their visas back that are worse off than the boys that were were getting sent home. You know, Bro, what kind what kind of people did you see get their visas back while you were there? I've seen drug dealers getting their things back. I've seen um, a couple of fellas with real serious assault. You know, female. You know, male assault females. Man, I even seen uh, one um, one pedophile get his visa back. You know, a bridging visa. We're not allowed bridging visas, you know, and it's bullshit, you know. Um, you're sitting in there, no convictions, no nothing like that. You, you spent six months in jail as well. And, you know, and it's, and yeah, and then I've met people that have got their visas back four times, like they've been in and out of detention center, you know, and they've got their visas back. And I was like, how did you get your visa back? And they just tell all this mad story. And some real serious crimes, especially pedophiles and that man, you know, they're in there cruising around and they actually get looked after. It's disgusting, you know, uh, straight up. It, it's, um, yeah, 
they get treated better than other people. And like I said, you know, I've seen one get their get their one of their visas back. You know, it's for a, a bridging visa. You can't even get bridging visas. <laughs> you know, Dude, so, that's insane. That's insane. The judge was probably a pedophile, bro. You know what I mean? That's why. You know what I mean? They look after their own mate. You know what I mean, man? The court, the court system shows that clear as day. You know what I mean? Um, end of the day, bro. You know, we made history. You know, not just me. You know, me being in the club at that time, we made history. You know, the boys made history. Um, you know, you know, and, and proved the point to uh, to everyone that you know. Uh, the government, you know, if 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 seven high court judges can't um, give you the all clear, well, who's running the country? It's not the judges; it's the, uh, you know, this corrupt uh, Peter Dutton, and that's all he is, bro. You know, I'm not in the club anymore, but it's one thing that I, I will remember of the club is that they helped my family. You know, they were there; they were the ones for me there, with my family and close friends. Um, and while I was inside, and and um, helped me out, you know. Um, that's one thing I'll never forget about the club, you know, and that's what brotherhood's about. And to me, bro, brotherhood, to me, brother, brotherhood's always about being a hundy on it. And everything that I've done in life is always a hundred, you know. Um, it's a hundred percent that if if you're uh, about what you want to do, it's a hundred percent. But as you know, as I come home, bro, you know, things have changed and um, I had to, um, my mental health and that was, yeah. Um, yeah, it was... Also- so how was it for you, man? Um, you know, deciding to come back and 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 make the trip over there. How was how was that move for you? Yeah, yeah, it was hard, you know, because um my family and my kids and that were brought up there. You know, they're brought up in Australia, they don't know New Zealand. You know, for me it was um that was our life over there, but um had to come here and and, and sort life out, you know. Um yeah, had to leave them behind to come back here and sort sort stuff out and um you know I eventually come back and I did catch up with the boys and they did help me out, you know. Um they gave me that um uh, you know the brotherhood come in there and when I come back, you know, but when I'm in Perth, you know, I was with them twenty four seven, you know. That's the hard thing, you know, I come back here and all the boys are spread around and close mates from Auckland, you know. So I went there for a week and had family in that there and I sort of had to get myself sorted and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it was just different, you know. Um, and my mental health wasn't wasn't right as well, and and stuff like that. So um, I stayed there for a bit in Auckland, then went back down to Christchurch, where my family from, you know. That's where where I'm originally from, you know, from um, uh, Waitahu. That's on, on my dad's side. So uh, once I got back to the South Island, I found it a bit more comfortable, you know, um, back around family and and stuff like that. But still associated with the club, you know. So. Yeah, it, it was good down there. Um, yeah, I spent three months in Christchurch uh, doing stuff there and getting, uh, especially working it because I wasn't working for only two months, you know, and just trying to get back into work. So luckily I had a couple of good pros down there that were doing the car playing and helping me out. So I went in there and, um, yeah, done some stuff down there and installed the club and stuff like that, you know. So, yeah, then I had to progress back to um, – get back into getting my family back home. So moved back to, come back to top of the south from Blenheim and where I'm from. And um, thought things would be the same, Barry, but obviously not because I'm the same person, never changed. I'll be still a little Barry boy in the hood. Um, everyone knows me, Barry, here. Um, 
they, they didn't know me as me being a club member, you know. They knew me as being the same person. Didn't matter what was on my back, I was still the same person. Um, but um, yeah, that that was me. I was still passionate about the club, putting a hundred club. Um, but then, you know, once again, personal stuff started happening, mental health, um, depression. Um, kids going through a lot of stuff too, like my my girls that were here, my other girls that were here, kids were here. Um, a couple of them were going through some stuff, and and um, I had to help them out. You know, one of my one of my kids ended up in hospital and um, wanted to take take their own lives. You know, so um, had to really um, yeah get that sorted. But then I was going through my own stuff, went into a real dark place, and same thing. Thought 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 that was the option of life you know yeah and pushing myself away from the club as well you know it was hard because I was in this real dark place so I had to um yeah sort of push my way away from the club you know and um just went into a corner and it was getting to a point where man, I can't get the club 100% so I had to make that decision hardest decision I've ever made because there's nothing for me there was nothing bad about the club man it was just what they gave me was all all, all love and, and, and true brotherhood stuff, you know. But for me, can't give hundred percent back, so I couldn't give that hundred back. So I had to had to make some options, and one of them was to to leave club was was a pretty hard decision, you know. And um and put my myself and my family, especially my um, mental health net back to um yeah get that right, bro. You know, because I went to a pretty dark spot, you know, and um. I wouldn't um, think it on anyone when you go to that dark spot, bro, where you, you know. Yeah, exactly, brother. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, eh, brother? Like I said, being in Perth, I was around the boys 24-7, you know, and and they were my, well, most of my mates over there and, and brothers over there. And um, I come back to Blenheim, it was pretty much just me, but I knew all the other brothers around New Zealand, but, you know, every day, day life for me was going to work and, sort of just a phone call to the boys, you know, it was just different, you know. So I felt that really, really hard and, yeah, and, um, it was just getting worse and I just had to do something about it and and um, reach out to them and say, look, man, um, I need to put my family and put myself and, and everything else into perspective and and get that sorted. So, yeah, left the club, bro. I've been gone from the club for nearly three years. Yep, yep. So how has that been for your brother and how has that progressed into, you know, what you're doing now? You know, it's been good, you know. Um, you know, I always loved the bikes and all that, but um, my um, my vision now was to help um, help young youth, um, young youth, adults um, with mental health um, and just sort of mentor them and, and help them with um, just about life, you know, uh, you know, especially if we are young ones, you know, too much pressure on these young our young people at the moment, you know, a lot of bullying going on. Social media is the worst thing, you know. Um, you know, I, I don't really like social media, but I've got my boxing on there. It does good things for me, you know, in a positive way. And I get a lot of kids that are, um, that's most of, their, most of where their stuff is, is through social media. Yep, box on box, let them. Um, you know, come home, same old thing, started in the garage, you know, had to start somewhere. You know, I've done a bit of boxing in Aussie, you know, had some good, um, you know, had good good coaches over there and I've been around the boxing scene. Um, 
and um, had a lot of mates go through the boxing scene. So come back here, you know, in the garage, had three young students, you know, going through the same thing, mental health and that. And um, yeah, worked my way out of the out of the garage, and yeah, got my own own gym going now, and um, doing good things for young youth and and, and the community. You know, getting getting me out there and um, just showing way of life, man. It's um, and it's all walk life too. You know, I've I've got the the young fellas that uh, had the heart bringing up and um, rough life, and then you got the the ones that have had a good life, but they're their uh, their life, they just want to be normal. They just want to have a normal life and be kids, you know. And um, yeah, anyone that walks through my gym, bro, we're all on the same level. I don't care if your family's in a club or a gang or this and that. And I do have I do have club members and, and their families come to me and say, hey, we want to get our kids in with your, you know, with your stuff and that, you know, we want a brighter future for them, you know, and. Um, all it is is just positive stuff, bro, and making these kids believe in themselves, you know? So that's beautiful, man. Like, how many people are attending at the moment, brother? How many kids you got coming through there at the moment? Man, oh, I reckon we're, you know, I'll probably boosted up about 100. All right. Well, you know, I've got a few classes now, you know. I've got um, got about eight different classes, you know. So I've got, you know, I've got the baby boxes, they're little babies, you know. Um, that from eight to eight to ten year olds. You know, I've got my intermediates. Um, that from yeah, ten to thirteen year olds. Got a youth class. Um, couple of women's classes. Got an over thirties men's class, and got a, a fighters class as well. Because so I've got some good young boxers coming out of out of the gym. You know, won a couple of titles and that. You know, and you know, I've got a young fella that's boxing for me now, bro. And, you know, his dad brought him, brought him to me in his garage, you know, another young fella that was going through stuff and just needed a bit of guidance, you know, and didn't believe in himself. And uh, this young fella now, he's um, he's taking out two championships this year, so for boxing, and he's only uh, 14 years old. It, it's looking good for, for our, our club and, and where we're going, you know. More people are starting to come to the fighters class now to train and, and just want to have a little crack at it, you know. And... Um, even if it's just once, you know, they want one go at it, bro. You know, at least they say they've been in there. And, um, you know, to me, they've already won when they get in the ring or even train for all that, for that sort of stuff because it's a different, um, a different uh, a sport, bro, you know. But when you get these kids coming in and these adults coming through and they come in with their heads down and holding mum's, you know, holding mum's hand and mum goes, oh, he's a bit shy and, um, you know, just want some confidence and, you know, he's not doing this and that, okay? You know, now I'm getting these kids, man, that tell their mum and dads to go home. They don't even want to bring them to boxing, you know? And they're doing all the, all the stuff, and it's just building their confidence up. And, and they go home, and they're actually, um, you know, thing with their families as well, you know? They'll go home and and uh, communicate more and, and have more time with, the, uh, with their families and that. There's a lot of work to be done down here. And... Um, it's good because I've just jumped on a, a, a on a, another another group that's that's hopefully starting soon, and um, it's suicide prevention group. And man, it's got some you know um, some good people on that, and hopefully it, it'll go good for us here. And um, you know, and my part in that is to um, hopefully prevent that sort of stuff. You know. Um, I want to want to sort of work my way in there and and talk to the young kids and that and and 
you know, give give these people five minutes of of, of my time and, and and change their state of mind, you know, and um, let them know that, you know, what are you going through? It's only a little roadblock, you know, bro. Oh, man, beautiful work that you're doing down there, brother. So, man, wishing you nothing but the best and definitely have to pop down to that gym, man, and come have a little spa down there or something. Yeah. <laughs> Or was there anything else you wanted to touch on, man, on, on some of the stuff you're doing now, brother? That's me, man. It's just, yeah. Um, just let people know whatever happens in life, man, there's always a brighter side of life. And we only get one, you know, I tell everyone, bro, we get one one shot at life, man. Enjoy it. Don't live as short, you know. Live as long as you can and enjoy it. And um, just be positive and, and um you know, I'm, I'm like you, brother. You know, I've been through that dark spaces as well, man. You know, those times, man, I wouldn't wish that on nobody, man. Not even on my worst enemy, man. When you're in that, um, when you're in those dark spots, man, and it's just, it's it's just a crazy bad feeling, isn't it? So that's why, you know, it's good that we can go back to those spaces, man. And we got a heart for people that are going through those things. You know what I mean? So. But again, Brother Lee, man, we're coming to the end here, my bro. So, um, man, I really appreciate you jumping on, brother, and um, sharing your story. I'm sure it's going to speak to a lot of people uh, here in New Zealand and across the ditch. And um, again, brother, I can't wait to catch up, man, in person. And um, we'll go um, we'll go hit some leather together. <laughs> Sweet. All good. All right. Cheers, brother.